You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. We are at season 12, episode 49. Um, we're back after a wee break because we took last week off, uh, Easter and all that. So I'm John and tonight joined by Josh. How are you doing? Good evening, John. There's a Scotty Arfield salute for you. A Scotty Arfield salute that no one can see apart from you, me and our returning guests from earlier in the season. Um, so we have a Hearts fan, Graham, on. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me back on again. I know worries. I, it was a while back. It was a European Reflection podcast, which was a yeah, it seemed like a long time ago now. So, um, obviously, we've got yourself on due to the news of Robbie Nielsen leaving Hearts. Now, I know it wasn't the week just gone by, but it was fairly recent. Um, and then we've had further news in terms of Callum Davidson leaving St. Johnston. Um, there's been some sackings elsewhere as well, which we might kind of come on to in other um, areas of Scottish football as well. So, we may as well kick off with the, the Nielsen one. Um, general feeling, Graham, what do you think? I think all week I've listened to so-called expert pundits talk about it being a ridiculous decision. These are pundits that have probably never watched a Hearts game all season. Myself and many other Hearts fans have said it was entirely the right decision. Now, I didn't expect the board to act, I'll be honest. When I saw the news last Sunday, I was surprised that they did it, but it was the right call. At that time, against St Mirren, it was six defeats and seven. The football had been pretty poor. The subs were really poor. The formation tactics weren't working. And it looked at some points that the players had basically chucked it and they weren't playing for him anymore. Now, the week before the St Mirren game, we'd gone to Kilmarnock and we were poor again. And I thought at that St Mirren game, being at home, we'd only lost the Celtic Rangers at home, I thought we'd have a reaction and we didn't. It was pretty much the same as I've seen for weeks. Poor performances. Robin Nielsen tried to have this kind of thing about possession-based football, which is fine. But we were playing possession football without going anywhere. It was pretty much back the way, sideways. There was no penetration, no pace. Lawrence Shanklin playing so deep, he was just playing centre-half. And it was just a lot of things just weren't working. So after that St Mirren game, I thought we had to act. Now, I didn't think McKinley and Savage would do it, but I was glad that they did. And again, I think for any Hearts fan or any fan that doesn't watch Hearts to say it's a ridiculous decision, you've not watched Hearts enough because generally it's been coming for weeks. Even after the World Cup, we had a 10-game unbeaten run. But in most of those games, we were pretty poor. We were lucky. We were basically just clinical. We took our chances. But those performances over the last few weeks have been coming for a long, long time. Uh, I think much as you're saying, maybe some of the so-called experts were saying that they shouldn't have gone the general consensus amongst Hearts fans would be it was the right decision, regardless of maybe what's going on before in terms of as a player and obviously um, his second spell at the club. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think it would be wrong of me to say that Nielsen hasn't been a success because he has. In his two spells, you know, he's got us up from Championship twice, got us the two Scottish Cup finals, or the one last year was a massive disappointment. He's got us into European football and he has done a very good job but on the back of that as well, there is a caveat that he's overseen a couple of the worst results in Hearts history. Brewer Rangers in the Scottish Cup, Aloha in the League Cup, and Barca Cara in Europe. So he has had a disappointing time, but I think overall, and a lot of Hearts fans might not agree with this, 
I think he has been successful. And I never like to see manager getting sacked from Hearts. I want any manager to do well. But I think it was the right time. And, you know, listen to Nielsen after he got sacked. He was very, he was very pragmatic. He spoke very well. But for me and a lot of other Hearts fans that I talked to, they are very clear that it was the right time. And I think for me, it was the right call. So I said last week, 100% back Andrew McKinley and Joe Savage. It was the right call. But now the most important thing is to get this next one right. Because for me, and I said this last week, even if Stephen Naismith gets third, I don't want him in charge next season. I want a more experienced manager because if we get Europe, which looks a long way off, we are going to be juggling domestic football and European football. Stephen Naismith, for me, is not the right man for that. And given some of the comments that he's made this week, it's made me even more clear that he is not the right man for the job full-time. Uh, it seems like very weird comments because surely the reason why Nielsen is gone at this time is because third is massively important. Now, um, I was saying on the podcast last week, and I've done a disservice to um, Falkirk and Inverness, but realistically, I expect that Rangers or Celtic, whoever wins that tie, will win the Scottish Cup. Now, there might be a shock that happens, but it's massive to finish third. And it, it was shown last season with Hearts in terms of you're getting guaranteed European football um, in the group stages, which doesn't happen often for Scottish teams. So whoever finishes third, be it Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, whatever, it's huge, the financial um, gain from it. So it's so, so another three and a half million, I think they get. It's circa five million, according to Andrew McKinley last week. Um, it's a huge amount, a huge amount of money for Hearts. So for Smith to come out in one of his interviews and say third is not the be-all and end-all seemed very strange. He doesn't seem like the most inspiring character when he speaks. I don't know, maybe he's different when he's in the dressing room, but media-wise, he's... It's the old football cliche, John. He's trying to take the pressure off the players. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he he knows, he's no stupid Stephen Naismith. He knows that they need to get third. You know, he knows that they've used that great word um, last week in his press conference that Hearts have coasted. They've just completely took their eye off the ball. Um, like Graham's saying, they've been crap for weeks, weeks and weeks. I mean, their forms were terrible. Um, and when you think about the, the squad that they've got, they do have the third best squad in the country. Um, uh, yeah, okay, Robin Nielsen. Uh, he had injury issues to deal with um, but you know lo- loads of clubs have injuries I, I know Hearts have had pretty severe injuries in terms of the spine of their team throughout the season um, however you know the, it's it's straight I mean Nielsen has always felt like he's only a few games away from a crisis at Hearts and, and to me I mean, I've never really spoke to any Hearts fans Real Hearts fans, I'm not talking about pundits here. Um, Real Hearts fans who absolutely adore Robbie Nielsen. Um, even when Hearts were at their very best, kind of earlier in the season or kind of, um, you know, last season, I think a lot of them stomached him. Uh, it's was, it was probably, maybe that's too strong a word, but, but stomached him because he was getting um, success. But you know, in order to continue to be successful, you need to build on success. So that would mean being third again and doing better in Europe next season and bringing more money into the club and, you know, possibly widening the gap between third and fourth if they can finish. And right now they're sitting behind Aberdeen. 
and they're not guaranteed, you know, even winning all their games, they're not guaranteed to oh wait, no, hold on, are they? I know they're no they're not guaranteed um to finish third. They need double thing to drop points, which they will do. Um but it's it's gonna be a tough uh, few weeks for uh, for hearts. Um they need to finish third. There's there's no doubt about that. Which based on their recent form, what seven points out of the last nine games? Yeah, I mean, for me, and I've said this numerous times, that Robin Nielsen with a lot of Hearts fans is Marmite. And I think a lot of Hearts fans who might listen back to this podcast can agree or disagree. But for me, it's always gone back to when Hibs won the Cup that season when they beat Hearts. And a lot of Hearts fans have never forgiven him for that. That's part of the reason a lot of Hearts fans don't like him. And I mean, I kind of get that. I kind of get that a little bit, but I was never off that mantra. Do you know, he has done a good job at Hearts. But when we beat Aberdeen 5 0, in January, we were nine points ahead of Aberdeen. We are now five points behind them. That is a big part of the reason why Robin Nielsen has been sacked, which a lot of these pundits don't seem to understand. Third place is huge. We had a taste of that already last season and this season in the European football. We need to get back to that. Now, I think Josh is right. I think what Stephen Naismith has done is tries to play it down a little bit to take the pressure off. But no Hearts fan listened to that, thought that was a, that was a good statement. Every Hearts fan thought, what are you talking about? Third place is massive. And what I really, really don't like, and I really, I said this on Twitter last week as well, I don't want any player coming out in this next week and saying training's been great, you know, we're really up for it because it's, it's just lip service, it's nonsense. I've heard that again this week. We were in that derby now, Naismith had four days. Now, I know that's not a lot of time, but I saw nothing in that Hibs game that I thought he's changed something here. And I said that at the time as well. We were 1-0 down on Saturday. And with 15 minutes to go, he brings on Alec Cochran, a left-back, and Keel, who's terrible, a centre, our centre midfielder. And I thought, what are you doing? You've got two attacking players on the bench. You're getting beat to Hibs. And he makes defensive changes. That, for me, felt like Nielsen was back on the bench again. There's a lot of things so far that Naismith's done that I'm not convinced about. And Saturday's now is a massive, massive game. We have to beat Ross County. If we lose that, I think third's probably gone. It's a huge, huge game. I think Naismith could make four or five changes on Saturday and change a lot of that team because if he doesn't know, and I said this on Twitter as well, if he didn't know last week that we've got a lot of players in that team that don't deserve to be there, he does now. Saturday is massive. We have to win that and then hope. I never thought I'd be hoping to say this, but hope that Rangers take points of Aberdeen because that's a massive, massive game for us on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, Rangers will beat Aberdeen on Saturday, um, so Hearts fans can be rest assured of that. Uh, no, I mean, John, you're laughing, but I mean, we will beat Aberdeen on Saturday. Do you know, it's 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 no no sweat. Um, I mean, f- thinking about the derby um, at the weekend, Graham. You know, um, I was just, you know, obviously it wasn't on TV, um, and I was out on Saturday, so I was just, I was kind of keeping paying attention to it on um, on my phone the score. I was looking at the and then I watched obviously the highlights later on. Um but uh, you know, looking at the lineups, when I when I looked at the lineups, it struck me, you know, how strong their team was on paper, right? And I looked at players who and that's probably not a criticism of Robbie Nielsen, but I, I looked at the players in their team and I thought, God, how many of them have fought, fell off an absolute cliff in the past couple of months? I mean, you're looking at guys like Nat Atkinson, Alan Forrest, Barry Mackay, um, even Cammy Devlin, Stephen Kingsley, 
you know, guys uh, who have absolutely fell off a cliff, um, strangely. Um, Shanklin's still been getting some goals. Like you're saying, I think, for some utterly bizarre reason, Nielsen had him playing this kind of deeper role. Um, which I don't think is his game really at all. I think he's, you know, he's a, a penalty box striker and he um, can score goals. Another one, Toby Sibic, you know. I mean, I mean, he he was a, he was Hearts whipping Bloy last season, and then suddenly he turned into Maldini for a brief period <laughs> in, in the first half of this season, uh, and then he's he's turned into a, you know, a, he fell off a cliff again. Um, you know, in terms of the, you know the next managerial appointment, I agree with you. I think it's probably the wrong idea to put Naismith in. Um, I think he's he's too he's too fresh off the pitch, if if that makes sense. Um, so my question is, who would you want? I mean, if I'm a Hearts fan, I'm wanting somebody with pedigree. When Aberdeen, the Aberdeen vacancy was there, um, Chris Wilder was touted, you know, for, for the manager's job. Okay, he didn't go, and I think he's at. Dunkley or, or Bromsley or something like that, some team uh, some team in England um, but is that the kind of calibre of name that you would be looking at, looking for, would you be looking for someone with, you know, real pedigree? Well Wilder's the favourite from what I've seen on bookmakers and stuff, he's the favourite I think he would be a decent appointment but for me what I don't want is anyone with another Hearts connection because for me it, just, it doesn't work anymore I, when John Robertson got the job a long, long time ago under Vladimir Romanov, the glory days. Um, I didn't want him getting that job because I thought, I do not want to be sitting there going, I want to see my hero getting sacked. So I do not want us to go down the road to bring another ex-Hearts player or manager in. Get rid of that straight away. There has been a lot of other names mentioned. You know, again, it's the usual it's the usual candidate. Stephen Robinson, David Martindale. I would probably like to go abroad. There's been a couple of people mentioned as well that have been doing decently. There's a guy called Sifuentes, I think it is. He might be all right, but again, Wilder would be a box office appointment. But I think what he, what anyone has to do, I mean, that defence is absolutely brutal. You've just mentioned Toby Civic. Kai Rolls, who before the World Cup was brilliant, he now is getting bullied by guys like Curtis Main. No disrespect to Curtis Main, but that shouldn't be happening. And it's the same every week. We're losing the same goal every week. The goal we lost on Saturday was an absolute joke. We had eight players marking space because we were trying to do zonal marking, and it didn't work, and this bit got a free run and scored the goal. There's a lot of players in that team right now, if I was asked, that I'd be quite happy to let go in the summer. And I think that's what any new manager's got to do. He's got to come in quickly in the summer. He's got to look at that squad and say, right, who can I work with you? Who can I get rid of? There's a few names that I quite happily would now get rid of straight away. But I think we have to need, we have to get a fresh pair of eyes in, because that squad, you're right, it is a good squad on paper, and we have missed guys like Craig Gordon, Craig Calcutt, Benny Meningame, Liam Boyce. We have missed massive players. But the whole point of Robin Nielsen going was the fact that we've just lost third place, and now we are in a real fight for that. I think after the split, it's going to be huge, because likelihood is we're not going to beat Celtic Rangers after the split. So we're going to be playing Aberdeen, which is going to be a huge game, potentially Hibs at home, and either St Mirren or Livingston. So it's a massive, massive race for that third place. I think fourth does still get European football, but it's not the same because it's not automatic stage football that we had last season. So any new manager coming in, I would like to see at the end of the season, I'd like to see a manager coming in straight away, refreshing that squad, bringing his own players in. 
And, you know, if I'm a new manager looking at that from the stand right now, I'm thinking, right, I need to do a lot of work with that team because the confidence is shot. And I am genuinely concerned for Saturday because St. Ross County have got big Jordan White up front and we can't deal with that physical presence. So I am genuinely concerned for Saturday. They better against us on Friday, I thought, um, but had nothing in the final third, which I believe has been a problem most of the season. See, when you're talking about um, recruitment in the summer in terms of what happens when a new manager comes in, what's your situation in terms of players out of contract? Is there anyone that's maybe going to go that you want to keep or not? Off the, off the top of my head, I'm not sure about the players that are out of contract, but I think for me, Gary mckay Stephen, I think is still on a long-term contract, but I get rid of him. He's not good enough and he's constantly injured. Andy Halliday, I would get rid of on a heartbeat. I've never been a massive fan of him. Nothing to do with his Rangers connection. I just don't rate him as a footballer. And again, I thought on Saturday, he was absolutely dreadful. I would get rid, and this is going to be harsh, I would get rid of Nathaniel Atkinson. I'm not a massive fan of him. He can't defend. He's all right going forward. And if there's one player that should have improved under Nielsen, it's Atkinson. He was a right back and he never improved them. So there's a few players in that squad that I would be quite happy to see go. And I think for me, Josh mentioned and Cammy Devlin. I'm a massive fan of Cammy Devlin. Cammy Devlin is one of these guys that I want in my team. He's all action. He puts tackles in, but he's not a guy that's going to dominate a game. You know, he's not that kind of player. I don't know if, again, from an outside looking in, I don't know what you guys um, think of the Robert Snodgrass situation. But again, I think when a manager comes in, they want to try and make a statement. And Naismith has done that straight away off the bat by basically saying, Snodgrass has got no future at the club. And again, like myself, a lot of Hearts fans have agreed with that because Snodgrass was part of a problem. He was basically, everything had to go through him and he was far, far too slow. So I don't know from an outside point looking in if you guys agree that Robert Snodgrass going is the right idea. I, I, I actually, I tend to agree with that, Graham. Um, I, I think that, that Snodgrass looked really, really exceptional um, initially for Hearts. Um, but um, in recent weeks, he's really, really lagged. And by all accounts, if you believe the kind of rumours that there was an issue within the changing room as well, um, and that Robert Snodgrass was was apparently in, involved in some capacity, um, and to be honest, I can probably believe that. Um, I, I've never really been a big fan of Robert Snodgrass as a personality. Things that he's I think he's been a fantastic player, um, but I've never really liked him as 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 a personality within a squad. I think he's he is a you know, he's meant to be a right joker, but I, I do think there is a bit of an ego there. Um so it's probably been been the right decision for Stephen A. Smith to make. Would have been a difficult one for him, uh, being, you know, friends and ex teammates uh, with Robert Snodgrass. But um he certainly in doing that, he's certainly trying to announce his int- his intention, isn't he? That, you know, he wants that job. Um thing is though I don't think he's got a you know, I don't think he's got a chance of getting that job. Um, I think Hearts, you know, and Hearts fans will want to be casting their net a wee bit further afield. Can I, sorry, can I just ask you a question, Josh, as well about Robin Nielsen? Because obviously you'd seen this as well, but one of the mistakes that I think Robin Nielsen got wrong, and he did make a few of them, but as I said, I liked him and I thought he did a good job. But if I go back to that cup final last year against Rangers, myself and a lot of Hearts fans went into that Probably not expecting to win, but Rangers are coming off the back of a, a disappointing European final against Eintracht Frankfurt, got taken to extra time of penalties. Now, I hoped 
that Nielsen would have a go in that game. And I hoped that he would say, do you know what, let's get after them. And he didn't. We basically sat back and defended. There was a Rangers fan. Did that surprise you that we didn't have more of a go? Were you surprised in our tactics? Because again, I think Robin Nielsen got that totally, totally wrong. And that's one of his biggest flaws for me. I think he probably did get that cup final wrong. Um, to, to, to be fair, yeah, I mean, that cup final was a bit of a weird one um, because... I mean, there's the argument that you could make that Rangers were coming into that completely deflated after the um, uh, European Cup final. Um, but um, there's also the, the the argument that that day was almost... I mean, that day could be seen as a bit of a cathartic exercise for the Rangers fans and, and, and the club. Um, and they might have came into that game, you know, positively. But I do think on the day, Robbie Nielsen missed a trick in terms of going after, um, you, you know, going after uh, Rangers that day. I mean, one thing, one thing, when you get the old firm at a fragile place, I mean, a, a, a lot of the, it's very, very rare that as a non-old firm club, you know, a non-old firm club will beat one of the old firm by sitting back against them, they will, you know, they'll only beat the. You often only see see them toppled by when, I mean, the the one I always come back to, and I always remember this game was uh, when Hearts beat Celtic. Was it four 0 to end Brendan Rodgers's uh, unbeaten run after like a it year was, or yeah. something like that? Yeah, it was. And Hearts absolutely went for them that day. I remember that day because it was it was the day of my brother's wedding. Um, and uh, Gary Caldwell was at the wedding and I, I made a joke about it in my best man's speech um, to take the piss out about how uh, he's um, uh, how the Celtics uh, run, uh, unbeaten run came to an end um, but but always remember that game specifically because I remember you know watching it the next day and watching the highlights the next day and thinking God Hearts have really really went after them here and often that's the only way that I feel that you know, non-old firm teams can really get at the old firm. Um, and in that game particularly, Robin, you know, in the Scottish Cup final um, towards the end of last season, Robin Nielsen really, really missed a trick, I think. However, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult exercise anyway. I think Rangers were coming into that game particularly, um, you know, wanting that cathartic win of of, of winning the Cup after after the disappointment of, um, of losing the uh, European Cup. Um, but it's in those... Games. I mean, Robbie Nielsen's never really. I'm trying to think back. He has never really got the better of the old firm, has he? And you've got to say, you take someone like Steve Clark when he was at Kelly. That was one thing that he did regularly, well, not regularly, but he did more often than any other manager could amount to is is get the better of the old firm or get a point off them or or go toe to toe with them. And I think that's the difference between elite managers and managers who are able to who, who are able to manage a successful club in, in the Scottish Premiership I think if if you want to take Hearts to the next level I think being honest and, and you know without insulting kicking Robbie Nielsen when he's down uh, too hard I think you've got to be thinking a wee bit um, higher than Robbie Nielsen Bizarrely, he actually did better against Celtic than he's done against Rangers. Obviously, Postacogos' first game, we won 2-1. We got beat 4-3 this year with a hat-trick from Lauren Shankland. His performances against Celtic have actually been all right. 
It's the games against Rangers that have been very, very poor. And again, I know it's very hard to do, but that's another thing. I know that Andrew McKinley spoke about in one of his press conferences where he says that he wants Hearts to be doing better against Celtic and Rangers. And that's what we all want as Hearts fans, Aberdeen fans, Motherwell fans. We want to do better. And I think at home, especially, is where you should be doing that. Look at St Mirren not that long ago, we beat Celtic 2-0. It can be done, but it's very hard to do it, I know. But that's something that Hearts, if we have this match of being the third best team in Scotland, we've got to show that. And that's why I think we need a manager in that's not going to be scared to play against Celtic and Rangers and actually decide, you know what? Let's just have a go. It's a living against a living. Let's see what can happen. Yes, they've got better players, but let's see what can happen. And we've just not done that. And that's you know, why I think that I think Stephen Naismith for the for the next few games, I've no issue with Naismith getting the job. If he goes back to the B team after that, fine. But we need a more experienced manager that's going to come out there and go, let's just go for it. And we, we've not had that for a long, long time. Do you know, Graham? Um, you, you're talking about that St. Martin Celtic game. That's, a, that's a, actually a much better um, example. I'm talking. About, I'm talking about a Hearts game. I'm t- talking about a Hearts game for about five seasons ago. Um, you know that that St. Martin game against Celtic this season is a perfect example. They went out. You know, um, really went toe for toe with them. Really bullied them in that game, um, and it was you know exceptionally impressive. The only team to beat Celtic this season. Um, so yeah, I'm in agreement with you. No, the one thing you would say about Old St. Mirren is they gave up a lot of possession. So it wasn't as if they were like having a go at Celtic. It was um, yeah, on the day. Yeah. St. were very disciplined, organised. I, I, I agree, I agree, John, but you, you've also got to say Scotland gave up a lot of possession against Spain the other week. Um, you know, um possession, you know. <sighs> Possession doesn't mean anything when Scott McTomney runs into the box and darts two in the top pokey. But you would know, but it's not as if St. Mirren had a proper go at the Celtic that day. They just were organised, disciplined, and I, I mean, maybe Celtic uh, had a bit of an off day as well. Yeah. No, I get, I get, no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And when I'm saying having a go, I'm not meaning going, you know, three, four, three, um, you know, and, 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 and matching up wingers and whatnot. But I'm, I'm talking about, you know, um, I'm talking about really. Um... I know what you mean. No, no I'm just being. Aye. Yeah, yeah. I, teams I, I, teams I, give Rangers Celtic too much respect every time they're playing, especially at home. Like you look at us, for example, Aberdeen. Um, we are playing Celtic, and under Goodwin, it was horrific to watch. And he tried to justify his tactics by saying, "Oh, but we almost got a point." It's like, well. But John, you're forgetting. You're forgotten. You're forgetting. That was Agent Goodwin, right? That was Agent Goodwin. He was probably at the Celtic game midweek. Do you know what I mean? It's probably at the Champions League game with his Celtic scarf on midweek, and then you're playing Celtic at the weekend as the Aberdeen manager. Come on. But yeah, we need to sort these things out. Not not enough clubs do have a go. There's too much fear, and that's where maybe having someone coming in from the outside that maybe doesn't know Scottish football as well. Um, or no key expectations maybe they would be bold have a go and recruit in a different way as well I think that's a big thing I don't know like in terms of hearts recruitment it's been Australia or UK so they did tap into the Australian market pretty well so there's maybe other places that they, they could recruit from as well yeah well, I, mean, I think I, was sorry, game, I, I think a lot of folk have been very critical of Joe Savage because he's a hand in recruitment. I think Savage has done a very good job and I've been very vocal on Twitter recently about the fact that I think he has done a good job. Has he got things wrong? Yes. But I think overall he's done a good job and I think I quite like 
and I'm not saying this because I mean I'm not a, I'm not a Celtic fan, but I do think the way that Celtic have done it with the Asian market, I've said I want Hearts to do that more. I think it's a good market. You pick up really good players there. We've brought in a guy, Yutaro Oda, on a three-year contract who really doesn't get a game just now. I don't know why. Clearly, he's maybe not doing something in training. I don't understand why we signed Garan Kuyo. That was pretty much of a vanity signing that. You know, he's barely played him. 18-year-old, he's barely played him. So I think it is a market I'd like to see Hearts going down a bit more, bringing in like more maybe Asian players or Australian players. So I think they are really good markets to go down rather than going down your, your bog standard Scottish route. And again, something else Stephen Naismith has mentioned, and I am in complete agreement with this, is, and he kind of had to go, not at Robin Nielsen, but the club in the whole, when he talked about youth players not getting a chance. And that's another thing that I agree with as well. There's not enough players at hearts coming through the youth. And that's a massive, massive concern as well. Because I would quite happily have two or three young players playing on Saturday, as opposed to some of the older players that are not doing enough. We've got guys like Finlay Pollock there, who's a very good midfielder, who doesn't get a chance. We let a guy like Connor Smith go out and loan to Hamilton, who I've been a huge fan of for a long, long time. We've got guys in the B team like Bobby McClucky, who is, again, is a good player. James Wilson, who it looks like he's going to be going to England. We have good young players there, but they don't get a chance. Now, is that because managers are too scared to play them because third place is so important, they have to get that third place? But you know what? You tend to find that if young players get a chance they'll actually show what they can do. And fans will actually, fans like me and other fans as well, will actually give them time. You know, if they're shown something, they'll give them time, but it doesn't happen enough. Well, if you think about the whole idea behind the B teams is it's going to benefit the first team eventually, though we're not really seeing much of that with Rangers no. and Celtic in the first place, so... No, we're uh, not. I mean, Graham, j- just on that, I think that, that there is a there is a lot to that. Um, I, I think that you're right. You know, we don't give players enough. We don't give youth players enough chances um, in this country. I mean, we've seen it at Rangers. Um, I mean, you know, when we were struggling for centre backs earlier in the season, Leon King came in, and he done fairly well, but he also had a couple of nightmares in Europe. Um, and and like you're saying, the fans have have gave him that time. Nobody's pointing the finger at him and, you know, saying this boy's no good enough and this boy's this, that and the next thing. Um, you know, I, I think fans are very good at protecting their own players, particularly when they're homegrown. Um, and I think that um, we, could, we could do with being a wee bit more um, trusting of our youth in this in this country, particularly. We're not, we're not seeing enough of it, enough uh, youth players come through. I... I'm racking my brains here for the last, apart from Nathan Patterson, I can't actually think of a Rangers youth player um, to have came through. Actually, do you know, probably Barry Mackay. Um, and, you know, he's ended up going down to England and then, you know, not really working out and he's back up at Hearts now. Apart from that, there's it's not really many players that, that, you know, shout at even Celtic, you know, there aren't many. Youth McGregor. players coming through. McGregor. Well, I mean, McGregor, yeah, but but I mean, McGregor's now 31. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they would have maybe been the last one. T- uh, that's what I'm thinking. Probably Tierney would be um, would, would be the last one that really was given a proper, proper chance. It's a disappointment. It's, a, it's something we kind of talk about a fair bit in the podcast in terms of youth getting a chance. And yet you see the benefit of it. See when they are these young players getting chances. And you've got likes of Lewis Ferguson, where like 
so many games under his belt by the time he's like 20, 21, 40 at Hibs. Um, guys that do well and then they end up going down south or abroad and then have a good career. John, John, you can, you can honestly, you can, you can chalk, you can actually chalk them up, right? I mean, th- there is a direct, in my opinion, this has always been my opinion, there is a direct correlation between guys that play loads of games early in their career and the success that they have long term, right? Tierney came through 17 with Celtic, right? Fair enough, he's, he's maybe no getting a game for Arsenal, but he's, he's one of the best players in the Scotland team by a mile. John McGinn, you know, he'd play, by the time he went down to England, he'd had like three or 400 games under his belt. Um, you know, Lewis Ferguson, like you're saying there, you know, even Josh Doig going off to, mm-hmm. uh, going off to Italy, played, was it two full seasons with Hibs? By the time I he went off one. one full season. Was it one? Was it one? Um, yeah, but, you, you know, totally agree. If they're good enough, they're old enough. I think, Josh, you mentioned the Hearts Celtic game that Hearts won 4-0. We had a guy that day, 16-year-old player called Harry Cochran, scored that day and he was brilliant. And he is now at Queen of the South. So that just shows that, I mean, a lot of these young laddies that I thought would show potential are now nowhere near top level. They're playing I, in the first check. It's, it's weird. It's really I cannot, weird. Mate, I, I cannot believe. I forgot he existed, Harry Cochran. Remember him? Remember everyone thought he was going to be like... Was it Levine put, uh, Levine put him in? He did. And that. everyone thought he was going to be the next big thing. God, I completely forgot about him. That's a shame. Must be, well, he must be doing quite well at Queen of the South, but... But, that, but that's the thing, though. You talk about Barry Mackay. Now, we've I've said for weeks, and Hearts mates have said as well, Barry Mackay's been terrible for weeks. Now, I'm a massive Barry Mackay fan, but I would rather have a young laddie that's going to show a bit more. And I think as well, the words I would use that I've not seen for a long, long time, and Andy Halliday said this a couple of days ago when he said that he thought after the he said after the derby that Hart showed fight, passion, and desire in the derby. No, we didn't. We showed none of that, and that's a massive thing. I would rather bring a young laddie in who's going to show that fight, heart, and desire than Barry Mackay, who, as Stephen Nesmith has used the word, has coasted for weeks. I would rather see that. What's the, the worst case scenario you can see playing out then this season for the rest of the season? I think Naysmith can get a tune out these players in the remaining games. I think it's tough. I think for me, the big test is going to be Saturday. Now, he's had a week to work with them on training. Again, I don't want to hear any players coming out this week saying training's been great, it's been high intensity, we're working really hard. It's nonsense. I want to see a performance on the pitch. Now, Nielsen's got a few days now to work with that squad. So I am expecting, maybe wrongly, but I'm expecting a reaction on Saturday. I'm expecting us to beat Ross County and put in a good performance. And then after that, I don't know how the split's going to go. You know, the fixtures after that will be really important. I think, I want to say that I think we can still get third. Mathematically, it's still possible. But I think right now, probably looking at it, I think we'll probably not finish third. And I hate saying this. And any Hearts fan that listens back to this podcast is going to hate me, but I think we'll probably end up finishing fourth which is not what the budget is for. We budgeted for third. That's the whole reason that Nielsen's been sacked, because we're not third. It's going to take a monumental effort for us because we've got six games left and we've not won in the last seven out of eight games. It's going to be a massive, massive effort. And Aberdeen have to have a, a collapse, which could happen, but I don't know if I trust this Hearts team right now to get enough points to finish third. So I think for me, 
it's probably going to be fourth place. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But I think it's probably going to be fourth place. Yeah. See, see from the outside looking in as well, what I see at Hearts is a, on the pitch, a lack of leadership. Like, I was very surprised when Shanklin was made captain. He doesn't strike me as captain material. Where's the leaders in that dressing room? That's a very good point because I've spoken about this as well, about the fact that I think Cammy Devlin, I said I love Cammy Devlin, but we've not got enough players in that team that have got that desire and passion. See, like, there's ways to get beat, right? I know we're going to get beat, but there's ways to get beat. And it's when you don't show that heart, they don't show that fighting passion that's been missing for weeks. That's where the problems lie with Hearts fans. If they saw that, then if we get beat, you know what? It is what it is. But it's having that fighting passion. And I don't think we do have leadership. I think that's why Robert Snodgrass was brought in. But then he started to be a massive problem because, as I said, everything had to come through him and he was getting caught. All managers had to do, and Hearts fans have said this, was stick a man on Robert Snodgrass and Hearts were screwed. We are no idea to handle it. There isn't any leadership on that park. I think Michael Smith has been brilliant for Hearts. Absolutely fantastic servant. But he now looks like he's probably injured for the rest of the season, a massive blow. But apart from that, I don't look at that heart squad and think, yeah, we've got plenty of leadership on that side. I don't see it. I do agree with you, John. I think when Shanklin got the captain say, I was surprised about that as well. I think it's almost like, well, Shanklin's Nielsen's boy, brought from United. So I can kind of see why he did it. But Shanklin, for me, isn't the type of guy that's going to shout at his teammates and really cajole them. I think we need a bit more presence in that team. And again, I think not having Craig Gordon's been a massive blow. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not a massive fan of keepers being captains anyway, but it is what it is. But we do need more leaders in that team. And again, whoever comes in in the summer as manager, whether it is Chris Wilder or somebody else, he needs to get real leaders in that team because I, I don't see enough of them. Now, Andy Halliday has been around for a long, long time. He's not a leader. He's better at doing his podcast than he is playing for Hearts because he's useless on that part. So for me, we need more leadership in that team. And I just want to see on Saturday a team that's fired up, a team that plays with fighting passion. And again, something I've mentioned numerous times to Hearts fans as well. Something that happened under Nielsen and something that happened last week against Tibbs, we start games far, far too slow, especially at home. We've got to play in the front foot and have a go at Ross County, really have a go at them. Because I tell you what, if we, the first goal on Saturday is going to be crucial. If we lose that first goal, that Hearts crowd again will turn toxic. And that's the last thing we need right now. I and they're not helped as well by the fact that Ross County are fighting for their lives, fighting for survival. So, no easy game to go into. But do you think um, you'll see attacking football? Is that? It's what I want to see. Whether I do, I don't know. But again, I think Nielsen, I think Nancy for me, again, I've, I asked this question on Twitter um, earlier on before I came on to Hearts fans, like, what's your tactics of mission for Saturday? I've had a lot of folk commenting saying, like, oh, it has to be 4 3 3 or 3 4 2 1. Again, a lot of Hearts fans have not agreed with me here. I want to see Hearts going 4-4-2. I want to see us playing two wide players and two strikers in their natural position because, honestly, Lauren Shanklin scored 22 goals this season. And I don't know how because he's been playing that deep. Yeah. We, need to get, we need to get Shanklin up front. And whether you play Stephen Humphreys up top with him, whether you play Oda or Kuyo, I think the reason that Shankland was playing so deep was because Robin Nielsen wanted to play Josh Dinelli up front to get that pace in the team. I can understand that a little bit, but then you're completely wasting Lauren Shankland. So I want to see if he's fit on Saturday. I want to see Ginelli wide on the right, 
probably Barry McKay wide in the left, because this is a game that Barry McKay will turn up in because it's Ross County. And I want to see two strikers. We have to win this game. We have to be attacking. And I think every fan wants to see the team playing attacking football. Yes, it's about winning. But I want to see a team on that park that plays attacking football. The last time I saw that was in 2006 under George Burley. That was the last time I saw Hearts actually play real proper attacking football that blew teams away after half an hour. We don't do that anymore. And it's honestly, it was getting really boring under Nielsen. You can see what was happening every week. The subs were the same, too defensive. So I hope that Naismith does play attacking football. But Saturday, I keep on saying this, it's a massive, massive game. We cannot afford to drop points here. Aberdeen are in a good position. Fair play to Barry Robson's done a great job. But we have to win on Saturday. There's no other option. We've got to get three points in this game. I suppose the approach that Robson's probably taken for us is he's kind of sorted out of defence first and foremost. We've kind of become a bit more direct, um, probably going back to what we were like under McInnes, which is maybe no real surprise now Robson was there and McInnes was there. Um, but the clean sheets has been the big thing. As soon as you, yeah, that's you've got that, you've got a platform to build on. That's, um, what we, that's what we can't do. We can't keep clean sheets. We're conceding every week and it's the same goal every week. A ball at the box, teams are far too strong. And that's another thing as well that's annoyed me recently. It's the fact that we are not getting beat because teams are much better than us. They're outworking us and outfighting us. And that, for me, is nowhere near good enough. That's not acceptable on any level. Yeah, I remember as well, back after the European podcast, I think everyone was thinking that Hearts would kick on. Because it's had a kind of slow start, but it wasn't terrible. But folk thought, well, having those games and playing these big games on a Thursday night, once that's done, Hearts will come into their own and they would probably um, finish in third and come comfortably so I uh, all to play for before the end of the season um, we think we'll get the, the final two European spots because Hearts uh, sorry top set spots I think Hibs. this weekend I think this weekend's massive Hibs are away to St Johnson who have just obviously signed their manager I think Livingston at home uh, Dundee United is it? Uh, away to Dundee United away to United I think for me I think it'll probably be Hibs and I think potentially St Mirren. I think St Mirren have been excellent this season under Robertson. They've had a really, really good season. They were obviously got beat 5-2 by Rangers, but the two goals Marco Harris score were outstanding. And I think St Mirren are a very good side. So I think it might be St Mirren and Hibs. Yeah, I, th- um, I think St Mirren, mainly for the fact as well, Kamarik's away record is absolutely abysmal. Um, so you'd expect it will be St Mirren. Yeah, I, th- I think St Myrna have got it. Like you're saying, John, Kelly, you know, they've, they've got Kelly at home. I, to be honest, I think St Myrna probably got it in the bag. Um, it's all in their own hands, obviously. Um, is that the first time they've finished top six in the modern era? Since like 87, I think. What was it? Aye, yep, yep. Long, long time ago. Um, and uh, my gut tells me probably Hibs. I, Kind of want Levy to finish top six, though. Um, so do I. You know, I just, I, I like David Martindale, like his ethos, like the way, you know, he conducts his cell and runs his club. Um, and I don't like Lee Johnson. Um, I think Lee Johnson's not long for this world in terms of um, being a manager. I don't think, like, he's, he's not going to, whether or not he finishes top six, I don't think he's going to be a success at Hibs. 
I, I don't think long term. I think, you know, whether or not they sack him now, they will sack him at some point, you know, in the next kind of six months to a year. I don't think he's he's not gonna go the distance for Hibs. Wasn't the crazy thing now is that he's the fourth longest serving premiership manager. It's absolutely crazy. It's madness, isn't it? Um do we buy into the argument though that we are turning into like a bit of like English football or are most of the sackings that have taken place in the Premiership season been justified? So if you look at it, if you go club by club, um probably be easier. So Aberdeen, obviously, first of all, alphabetically. Um good win. I think majority of folk would agree it was it was time up for him. I think um that trio of Darville 1-0. And then, what was the Hearts score? 5 0, then they got beat 6 0 by Hibs the week after. Yeah. Aye, aye. 6 5 and 6. That trio was just unforgivable. Like, does they matter? I mean, I mean, he could have, he could have, he could have took Hearts, he could have took Aberdeen into the uh, European group stages. Um, and I, I don't think, you know, he was surviving that. That, that week and a half was. Crazy. Yeah, I don't think you'd have the many folk who would have said they should have still had a chance after that. Um, um, right, okay, so Celtic obviously they've been alright, they've kept the manager. Um, though the crazy thing is that the longest seven manager won't even have completed, well, just only have completed two seasons by the end of this season. Um, just ridiculous. Um, if we look at Dundee United, obviously they were very quick to get rid of Jack Ross um, and then they also got rid of Liam Fox so first of all Jack Ross Go to be honest I think that has been Dundee United's biggest mistake this season I think getting rid of Jack Ross that quick was probably the wrong thing to do um, and certainly a point Liam Fox was the wrong thing to do Would you agree with that Graham? Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for me is that they lost Thomas Coates as well, who was actually getting a tune out of that United team. They lost him, and it's just been an absolute downhill spiral after that. I think Jack Ross, after that 9-0 defeat by Celtic, that was a massive blow. And it probably was, I think it probably was the right call, to be honest. Liam Fox, I didn't know why they appointed him. I thought it was a poor appointment at the time. He's a decent guy, but he was never a man to turn that club around. And I think Jim Goodwin, so far... He's done okay, you know, they're off the bottom of the league, still got a lot, a lot of games to go. I said weeks ago I thought United were down. I'm not entirely convinced now because Goodwin's got a lot of that team and I've got to say as well, Stephen Fletcher's been an absolutely brilliant signing for them. The one thing as well that could be big for them is their goal difference. It's far better than what Ross County and Comorix is, um, which could be important. So, um, the other ones that were well, what, there's been two managerial changes again. Motherwell, so obviously Graham Alexander, first of all, um, and then Stephen Hamill. Um, Graham Alexander, I think, actually, there are a lot of flavours of Robbie Nielsen um, when you think about the Graham Alexander one. I think Graham Alexander was a manager that the Motherwell fans pretty much stomached for a a period of time. Um, And eventually, you know, it just came far too much for him, though I do think that Robbie Nielsen had probably had more stock in the bank than um more credit in the bank than Graham Alexander. 
he probably deserved to go. Quite like him. Um, he was a good uh, player for Scotland. Um, but yeah, I think it was probably the right decision to sack him. Stevie Hamill, well, the proof's in the pudding. He definitely should have been sacked because uh, Kent Wells come in and he's basically just completely turned Motherwell around and, and saved them from relegation. Um, but that was a sad you have to say that was a pretty sad one. Um, Stevie Hamill getting sacked. I mean, he's the definition of a motherwell legend. So, um, but yeah, probably both ju- both justified. Ken Graham, would you agree? Yeah, totally. I think the thing is as well about Robin Nielsen as well. I know that managers always get the blame when things don't go wrong, but I think players have got to do a lot better. You know, those players that were really poor for motherwell before that have got two managers sacked, are now doing better under a different manager. So what does it say about them? And yeah. I think you watch Stevie Hamill after the Wraith Rovers game. He looked dejected. And I felt sorry because he's a motherwell legend. And it's kind of the same for Jim Goodwin. When he walked off that pitch, the way he walked off that pitch in his Hibs was not, it might have been funny for some folk, it wasn't nice to see the way that he walked off behind the Hibs stand and that. It was, it was pretty poor to see that. But I think Hamill, it just didn't work. And fair play to Kettlewell. He's turned a really... He's turned him in at a really good side now. And again, Kevin Van Veen has been absolutely superb. They brought in guys like John Obika and Mick O'Manson to take pressure off him. So he's got a real good tune at that team. But I think, again, the players have got to look at themselves and say, we've got two managers stacked here. What did we? What were we doing before that? Yeah, I need to commit myself. Lee Johnson is actually the fifth longest serving manager in the Premiership. Um, so the other one would be Rangers, uh, Michael Beal. So is Michael Beal... Actually, wait a minute. One, two, three. Surely not. Seventh longest serving manager in the Premiership, would that be right? Shut up, really. Wait a minute, so it's Martin. Um, Martin Dale's the longest serving, aye? He's the longest serving. Oh, no, wait a minute. Oh, Martin Dale, then Mackay. He, oh, shit, four. Actually, maybe... This Johnson, sixth or seventh. So you've got Martindale, then Mackay, then Portugal, then McInnes, Robinson, Johnson. One, two, three, four, five, six. And then what, Beal, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, Beal's a seventh longest servant. Seventh um, longest out of twelve. That's <laughs> so. Gerard obviously, well, it's more he decided to go as opposed to getting Gerard. Were you about Gerard? Not go that season. No. The hell you on about? I did. And, and Andy didn't get sacked. He just left. I did leave. Was season. No, no. Do, do you not remember that? Uh, you might not remember this, John, but I do. Remember Giovanni von Bronckhorst see, came in, oh, Bronckhorst. came in, aye, came in, aye, ha- came in halfway aye. through the season and led Rangers to a European, a, a UEFA, a, oh, uh, Europa League Cup final. Remember that? So I think Bronckhorst was the man that went. Are you? Where, where's somebody's pitting your ball through the night? By the senior, way, a senior moment. <laughs> um, I, Gio, that that was it. That, that was. Gotten that was a, that was a gotten one as a fan. Like I'd really, really had a lot of time for, and I still do have a lot of time for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Um, but I have to say, I think 
it will probably be borne out that it was probably the right decision to, to, to sack him, although I take absolutely no pleasure in saying that. Right, OK. Uh, and then we'll move on. Uh, right, so Callum Davidson's obviously been the other big news in terms of getting sacked in the Premiership. I think a lot of St. John's fans probably felt that at the end of last season when they finished 11th and came through the playoffs, maybe that would have been the time to let him go um, due to the fact that as well and being a club legend. I know he'd won the two cups the previous season, but see when you look at that record, it was looking through this season, uh, only won three games at home in the league. Only scored 14 goals. See when you look at last season, overall the full season in the league, they scored 21 goals. Have they scored 14 goals in the at league home. this season? No, at home. Oh, at home. Right. At home. Um, but overall, that's one of, that's their, one of the biggest problems is they've not had a goal scorer since Stephen May first time around. Nah, they they have they have they. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It must have been a sore one for the St. Johnson fans because they probably did agree. It was probably time to move Callum on, but you know he had that much credit in the bank for that historic cup double, um, and and he'll you know that will be written in the echelons of St. Johnson folklore forever. Um, that doesn't, you know, his sacking now doesn't kind of take away from that. But I think it was probably the right time. Um, well, well, I say the right time. I think they needed to get rid of him. But, you know, they're only one game away for the split. And then they're, you know, I, you, I mean, we are really into the, the finishing line of the season here. Do you know what I mean? I think getting somebody who are they going to get in in that short space of time that's going to be able to get a tune out of the players um, and get enough results to, to ensure that they're, they're safe because they are not safe. They are only points singular ahead of that bottom three. Um, yeah. So they're, they're in a precarious position, St. Johnson there. I remember a few weeks ago we thought they were safe because we did the relegation reduction podcast and it was Kilmarnock. Motherwell, Ross County and Dundee United. Because um, at the time, at that point, St. Johnson had picked up a couple of results and they were looking, all right, should be all right. They were even maybe looking as if um, they could maybe sneak into the top six. But we did, aye. Dangerous times, because they've obviously brought in the claim into them. I don't imagine they're going to stick with that if they want to try and avoid getting um, relegated. But is a manager going to come in for what, potentially, you know, five games to try and save them? W- would that happen? Like I, I know think people have said about like Tommy Wright coming back. Is Tommy Wright going to come back for five games to try and keep them up? I doubt no, it. No, to, Tommy Wright's Tommy Wright's no the guy you bring back when when you're you know in a knife fight in the mud. Do you know what I mean? He, he's he's no the, the type of guy that's going to inspire the players. He's a hammer thrower. Um, yeah, no, absolutely no way. Um, the, I would the problem think. we have as well is someone does someone come in and risk um, a relegation on their, their CV. And then they struggle out a job elsewhere. I, mean, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? What, what... Well, I, I mean, I think having a relegation on your CV it, 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 within the context of St. Johnson, it would be in name alone because they're already basically very close to getting relegated. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, but most managers, managers have egos. Every manager's got a certain level of ego. And I think... You know, most managers will will look at that job, and I mean, there's no there's no lack of 
um, of managers looking for work. And and I think any manager worth his salt or her salt for that matter would uh, would would look at that and think, Do you know what, I can go in there and get a tune at them and save them. And then that'll allow me to take them into next season. But this at this time in the season, are they going to offer are, they, are St Johnson going to offer the guy a contract beyond the end of the season? Because it's all dependent on them staying up. No, they won't. They'll say they'll offer a they'll offer a con a short term contract probably to say keep us up and then if if you keep us up we'll keep you on. That's probably what they'll do. John Hughes will come to the rescue. He, as, he, as, he, as he has done for so many other clubs. He's got to do another uh, interview for the Aberdeen job. I would not be in the least bit surprised if Robin Nielsen gets that job. <laughs> Just now or that season? Like, probably he would that, take up for a short prob- term? Prob- probably now. And even if he didn't, he's got plenty of experience to get teams up from the Championship. So there you go. Problem sorted. Uh, hey, I'll, t- I'll tell you. Do you know something? I'm not joking. See if I was a St. Johnson fan, you know who I would want? Who would you want? Mark Fotheringham. Based on? I think he had a, I think he is a he's a Tayside lad. Fair enough, he's for Dundee. Um but I, I think when he was at Huddersfield, I just really, really liked him as a manager. I thought um he's you know, I, I, I really thought he was a really positive manager and he um, has fantastic credentials. He'll be looking to rebuild his, his CV after getting the getting the punt off of Huddersfields um, on a hiding to nothing in that job, to be fair. Um, so if I was a St. Johnson fan, I would be reaching out to him and seeing if he would be interested Um or if I was the St. Johnson chairman, I should say. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. What is St. Johnston's ceiling? Because let's be honest, they've won two cups, which nobody expected. They got top six. They got that European footballing as Galatasaray. What more do St. Johnston fans want? Yes, obviously you want to stay in the league, but they don't have a massive fan base. I like that Dermot Park, it's a great ground. But what is St. Johnston's ceiling? They're not going to finish probably any higher than six. So what is their ceiling? Where should they be? Well, the, what what they would want, like you're saying, Graham, I, I totally agree. They don't they don't have a big fan base. They're not from a a, a football city, so to speak. Um, I, I think you know regular seventh, eighth, sixth place finishes, and maybe a few cup runs. That that would be, I, I think that would be St. Johnson quite happy. Um, because they have, they have, like you're saying, they have reached their, their pinnacle, to be fair. Aye, it's a bit like how you look at the, the top play, you've got Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hearts, everybody you would expect most of the time should be in and around the top five. And then St. John's are, are, are along with the rest of the clubs are battling for sixth place. But yeah, mid-table and I suppose the length of time they've been in the league, I think they would expect to be um, clear from safety, which... Which isn't isn't the case. But it's interesting how managerial situation can change because after they won the cup double, remember there was a time folk were saying should Davidson maybe move on to another club because clubs were interested in him. Um, I remember even as well when I think um, Goodwin get the job at Aberdeen. Davidson was getting linked as a possibility for the Aberdeen job. You think he was getting linked with jobs down south as well in the championship? 
stock now. I don't think he'll get another job in the, the top flight. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up next. Now, we should move on to another managerial um, situation that I know, Josh, you will be absolutely buzzing to talk about. Your good friend, your favourite club, Mick Kennedy and Davo have parted ways. Gustavo Fring parted company with the the with the Darvo Marbles. Uh, Mick Kennedy and the Darvo Orchestra are no more. Uh, is that the is that is that the word? Is that the the, the phraseology? Um, what what happened? Did he get sacked or did he resign? What happened? It was a a meeting on Sunday between Gaul and him, and right. I believe he resigned. Did he? Right. Okay. Okay. And it was it because they fell out, or was it? Was he, was, he, was, he, was, he, was he was he wanting more money? <laughs> he's already, was, he, was he wanting more money? He's already get he's already get more money than every club, um, every club below championship level in Scotland. But was he wanting more money? Probably. I mean, there's there's various speculation that you um, that he's he's got another club lined up. There's been that's been speculated. Well, I, I'm, well, I'm, he get, I am. He got linked with a job in the West of Scotland during the season. And maybe it might have been quite close, but supposedly he's linked with East Kilbride in the Lowland League. I would, do you know, do you know something, John? I would love for him to get another job, right? Somewhere where they are not pumping in the same. I mean, East Kilbride do put a lot of money into their club, right? But nowhere near like Darvel. Uh, I would love that. I, I honestly, and and I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to denigrate the man on on a pod, right? But I would love to sit with a popcorn out and watch that. What if he went to have a medal? I would. Uh, no, we we would need. Um, it, it, well, for, for a start, we, it, we would need. It would need come to Arthur Meda, um, and I w- we would need to come out of Meda. We've been we've been burnt by characters like him before. Um, interestingly since the Aberdeen game we played 13 games from what I was kind of checking earlier 1-7 lost 4 drew 2 results well hey and when you consider the budget I think everyone most people had them nailed on for the league this season well I I, yeah um, I mean that's the thing and then B they've come out up Oh, no come out they've no come out anywhere, you know, that be they've got a good team and they've got a good manager. Um and um they've just charged ahead. Um the obvious obviously the irony being that the that um if if be there to win the league this season they're not going up at all. Um But you've yeah. now found out why though. Like 'cause there was some speculation uh-huh. that was uh-huh. it because they weren't interested, but it turns out it's the North Ayrshire Council own. Bellsdale Park. Um, aye, either been aye. trying to get control of it. Um, mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not happened. Neither got all the planning permission, or they they put in. They know what it will kind of take to get the floodlights and get the licensing, but um, that's fair. But, but there's there's a bigger question. I mean, there's a bigger discussion to be had about it, John. It, you can't just come in 
you can't just come at, and this is no for Mick Kennedy this is I know Mick Kennedy was putting money in the club and all allegedly uh, but John Gall obviously putting most of the financing into Darfold right um, even though he's, he's he's been on record numerous times saying um, that uh, the money that he was investing in Darvo or Brownings is investing in Darvo was only upgrade facilities except they're paying their players uh, more than anybody at this level and certainly a few leagues above um, but there's a bigger question in this discussion to be had about the, the fact that that's completely unviable uh, at our level. You know, I've said this time and time again, Darville are not a big club. They do not have a fan base. It is not sustainable to invest that amount of money in a club like Darville. They do not have fans. Um, so, you know, and when when you don't go up, because it's very hard to go up at this league, you know, first you need to win the league, which is difficult enough, and then you need to. Is it a round robin the day? What is it? The, the day like a three way kind of best of the three of them: the south, south the east, and the west. South of Scotland, right. whereas east of Scotland and the west of Scotland. Aye, and then it, 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 you know, right? South is a bit of a dirty league, right? But the east, right? I mean, they're they're who's it last year? Trent, Tren- wasn't it? No, right. Aye, Trenent, and then it was um, year before year that was it, it Lynn Lithgow, was it? No. Oh, th- Trenent, Darvel was the first season was it? that you've had that playoff. Was it? I don't know that. Oh no, I, maybe I'm getting mixed up with Bonnie Rigg when they went up. Um, but uh, but I, you know, and by all accounts, to my memory, I think they got absolutely banjoed after an end, didn't they? Well, some players missed the uh, match because of that snag too. Aye, right, but it's still all the same. Um, it's it's no easy. Look, see, even Beath, even Beath, right, if Beath could go up I think they would find it difficult. Who's top of the East right now? I don't know. Um, but but yeah, um, it's you can just you can just go in, chuck a bunch of money into junior football, into a junior football club like Darvo, and expect them to surge their way ways up the leagues. Um, you can pay players quite a lot, um, but it's still an exceptionally difficult level, particularly if you've got players that are mercenaries and and aren't really really there you know they're not really there for the passion of the game they're there to make quite a bit of, you know quite a bit of dough um, I'm not having for a second that any one of those players came to Darvo because they want to um, achieve something in football terms project, if you wanted to for the project aye for the project fuck off you know what I mean? If you wanted to achieve something in football terms, you would stay at the highest level you possibly can, right? And that's play, you know, that's players umpteen in the Windarvo squad, you know, that were playing Championship League One and all that, man. Pish. Going to, we all know why they were going down there, right? At least have the fucking boys to admit it. Well, the thing will be the proof will be in the pudding that season when we see how many of those players are still at Darvo. I no, but by the way. I think there's going to be a few busloads going back up the M77, John. Aye, um, from that point of view. Um, other news um, at this kind of level, the Junior Cup final, traditionally held on a Sunday and has been for years, has been switched to a Friday night, which has put Cumnick fans and Rutherglen fans um, in an unhappy situation. What do you make of that, Josh? You know what I mean? I mean, who's been held? Uh, Broadwood. Broadwood. Um, uh, it's a bit of a bastard actually to get up to Broadwood for base for well, it's not too bad for Rutherland, but for Cumhawks, a nightmare. Um, I, I I could see that that is annoying. Um, because 
the Junior Cup final is always a bit of a spectacle. And this was one of my big worries when when the, the switch was made um, in the West, uh, you know, and, and the decision was made, um, you know, to, to kind of move away from the Junior to join the pyramid, that the, the Junior Cup was going to be given a back, kind of, you know, a, a back, was going to be, you know, palmed off a wee bit. Um, it's still a really, really special cup at this level. Um, and that's disappointing that it's been moved to a Friday night. Um, it really is. I would have liked to have, have probably went to that. Um, but then, I mean, Friday night football is it has its it has its joys. Do you know what I mean? Friday night under the lights is is definitely. Yeah, you know, I do like watching the Friday night games on BBC Scotland. Um, do like to go to the occasional game if it's on a Friday night. Um, try to think of the last one I went to on a Friday night. Um, I think I went to a Kelly game a few months ago on a Friday night. Um, Even just a nighttime game, I like in terms of doing something different. Like last yeah. night, I was at the, the Talbot Covenant game under the lights. Mm-hmm. It yeah, but it's a night. But it's it's a nightmare on a Friday for Cumnock fa- for Cumnock fans to get up to Broadwood, right? I mean, you know, I think they're still driving horse and carts down in Cumnock, um, and uh, you know, it's going to be a bit of a nightmare for them to go up uh, all the way from Cumnock to um, Broadwood uh, to the to the big city lights. But uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. How... I know who you'll be supporting at it, John. Aye. Don't think one. Really. <laughs> Sod all that. Aye, you want the other local teams to do well. Well, you nah. don't. No. De- definitely of course not. You don't. No, no, of course you don't. No. I, and, and by the way, let's not forget that Cumnock's an ex-meta select 11. Do you know what I mean? I'm rather going all the way, man. Exactly. Um, have you got a horse in the race, Graham? You bothered? Is it? No, well, I've got um, I stay in Pennycook and I've got a local team, Pennycook Athletic. Um, oh, right, yeah. Here yep. I try and go to when I can, but it's it's hard because um, obviously the Hearts at home are trying to go to their games. So, but Pennycook are a, they're a decent team now and they've obviously got an ex Hearts player, Callum Elliott, as manager now. He's doing right, he's doing okay. I know he wants to try and get his team to play attack and football, as I said, we all do, but he's kind of a difficult time so far, but I think he's he can get. A lot more at that team, but again, I have to be honest. I've, I've watched a few Pennycook games over the years, and I've got to say the standards is actually a lot better than I thought. There's some really good football played. It is, it is very physical. It's very fast paced, but it is really good. And a couple of times, because my laddie plays for Pennycook Athletic, the young team, right? Okay, and they've been they've been mascots in that some of these games, and it is it's a good day out. And honestly, it is the standard of football is a lot better than I probably gave it credit for a long time ago. Aye, I think yeah, that's he, the same for everyone. Like, I mean, before they go, they've got this perception of the game being like in the 80s when you would see like the Junior Cup final on TV and yeah. all that type of thing. I'd rather go to the... Junior the Cup, junior cup uh, finals on uh, Alba, is it not? Alba, aye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I would rather nowadays go to the, the West of Scotland or the, the, the lower leagues than go to the top flight. More entertainment. <laughs> Uh, Penny Cook, great team, uh, well, great club. Um, you might be interested you to know that uh, the Penny Cook Supporters Club rated Irvine Meadow as the best pie in Scotland. Uh, okay. There's, there's actually there's a fucking there's a sign up outside the pie stall at Irvine Meadow for the Penny Cook Supporters Club saying uh, best pie or whatever something like that. Uh, but they great actually, club. Um... Been up to Penny Cook a couple of times on uh, Scottish Cup ties and whatever. Um, decent wee social club up there. They I've never had a pie at Meadow. I always have the sausage rolls. They actually run a supporters bus to Scotland games from the Royal Hotel in Pennycook. I've never been on it yet. 
but they do run a supporters bus to the Scotland games from Benigut. There you go. Um, before we go, we should congratulate Fairland who won the league. Aye. Yeah, impressive. They've been great all season. Um, I mean, he's really turned it around. Uh, Jazza, isn't he? Um, he's, he's went in there and just re- really um, turned that club, club around. I think Falkirk will probably come up via the playoffs um, as well. Um, good friend of the pod, Alan Risk. He'll be, he'll be hoping that uh, the Bairns come up. Um, but, uh, look, I mean, there's two clubs, right, that what are they doing in League One? Do you know what I mean? I mean, in my view, the film are a big enough club. They should be in the, in the top flight, never mind. Um, coming up out of League One. Um, so hopefully, I, I, I've got a bit of a soft spot for them. I, I hope they can consolidate their position next season and get themselves, you know, springboarded, maybe even into a playoff place next season. Or, you know, I mean, I mean they could... I mean, there's every possible possibility they could do a levy um, and spring up, you know, two leagues, uh, one after the other. Um, you know, but um, uh, we'll see how they do. There was actually a stat that I'm sure I heard earlier on today that even if they hadn't won a game all season, they wouldn't have been relegated because they've, I, had, that, they've had that many clean sheets. They would have been like eighth or something. That's I, I seen. I seen that. that. I, said, I heard that one, Graham. Uh, I, if they if they haven't if they hadn't scored if the Finland hadn't scored a goal the entire season, they would be eighth. <laughs> That's mental. <laughs> Absolutely mental stat. Um, there was a chance also tonight for Sterling Albion to secure League 2, but it finished 0-0 between Dumbarton and Sterling Albion. To be honest, there's nine-point difference, and Sterling Albion's goal difference is 19 better than Dumbarton, so you would say it is over, but it's not mathematically impossible yet. Um, Scott McGill will be happy. Aye. Is that uh, not the game? Is that not the game that's been rearranged about ten weeks and they uh, finished nil nil after all that? Uh, with various rumours about was it the pitch or was it the fact that Dumbarton didn't have enough players and all that type of thing? So and late call offs as well. I think one game get called off. Is it last Tuesday it was supposed to be played? They get called off about forty minutes before. Uh, last um, week, all the Sterling fans were standing waiting on the game to, uh, game to kick off. Um, and still. The, the championship teams just want to keep on throwing it away. Um, so, Dundee are probably looking in a favourable position. Tell you a few weeks ago, John, on this pod, Dundee were going to win the league. Uh, the Queen's Park bubble's burst. And I don't think if MD's going up, if anybody's going up through the playoffs, it's going to be Partick Thistle. But um, I don't think uh, Partick will have enough of the tank to get through six games. And is it six games and then? No, one, two, three, four, eight, six games total it would be um, played in the 11th in the Premiership. Um, I don't think they'll have enough in the tank to get through and, and then beat the 11th in the Prem. Whoever's finishing the 11th in the Prem is, is staying up, in my opinion. Would you agree with that, Graham? Jake, whoever finishes 11th will stay up? Yeah, I probably. I mean, to be honest, I've said this a few times on another podcast that I genuinely don't think there's a massive gap between the top of the Championship and the bottom of the Premiership. I don't think it's that huge. I have been backing Queen's Park all the way this season. I hope they come up, but they maybe are just struggling a bit. I think losing Simon Murray was a massive blow. I still think they, they can do it, but it's going to be very difficult just now. And I think, yeah, Partick, this has been excellent. I think, again, 
You can't even write off teams like United as well, but Dundee look like they might just sneak it now, but obviously that's 3 3 doll last week, so it's just so tight at the top of the championship, and it is, for me, one of the best leagues in Scotland because it is so competitive. I think, I mean, to be honest, I think if Queen's Park did get to the playoffs and they went, you know, say, say for example, they got Kelly in the playoffs, I think them going away to Kelly, you know, it would be an absolutely packed rugby park. I think that would be a bit too much for them to handle. You know, Kelly's a big club. Um, and, and I think it would be, you know, I think that would be too much for Queen's Park to handle right now. I think they need to, to see, to be honest, I actually think that for Queen's, for Queen's Park to come up this season would probably be counterproductive for them. I think they probably need another season to consolidate themselves. Get a home you know what I mean? Get a, get their own bloody stadium to play out of finished. I mean, I, I run by uh, Lesser Hamden every day and it's just, it's still, I mean, still under construction. <laughs> still, it's still a building site. Um, so, I th- I, you know, I, I just, I think they need another season in the Championship to consolidate their position, build up a bit of a squad again um, after losing Simon Murray. That was a big blow for them. Uh, like you said, Graham, uh, um, uh, but as I said, I, I I don't think whoever's finishing 11th, I think, staying up anyway. Uh, it's also play for anyway in the final few weeks of the season, so we'll see what happens. Um, anything else before we finish up? I was, um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but before I came on the show, you've probably seen it already, but Graham Shinney not only lost his appeal, but he's been given an extra ban for oh, that yeah. red card, which is just ludicrous. I didn't think he would get overturned anyway, but to give him an extra game ban for that... It's just ridiculous, <laughs> but again, it sums up the SFA, to be honest. Aye, I wasn't surprised when I seen that the appeal had been rejected, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard one. Um, I mean, that's the nature of appeals. You know, appeals... Uh, if you open an appeal in anything, right? I mean, we're not just talking about football here, but if you talk about... If you even talk in a legal sense and all that, if you open, a, open a, up an appeal to a, a case or something like that, you're actually... I mean, you're opening up. You are opening the possibility of getting a worse sentence than you originally were given. You know, um, and you know, obviously, this is a very rare thing to happen in football, but it's happened though. Um, Did you see the tackle? Yeah. I, it, it, like, look, it, are you having it as a red card? I'm having it as a red card. Oh, you are having it as a red card? Aye. Are you not having it? No, I thought Randall was just his goal. Oh, Come on, John. The boy, boy could have his leg broken, man. Honestly, these fucking studs were like vertical. Man, you follow that. You follow the juniors for years. That's never a red card. Graham, <laughs> what did you think? Do you think it was a red card? Do you want me to be honest? I be honest. I think when I saw it, I think he obviously wins the ball, but I think it's the follow through. And I think if you look back to Dunn United's tarts not that long ago, Ryan Edwards did the same thing. And he got the same he got the same outcome. I can understand why Aberdeen thought it wasn't, but I think if again, still photos are very hard because it's a still photo. But I think if you watch it, he does win the ball cleanly, no problem with that. But that follow through, I can see why it's endangering an opponent. So listen, Aberdeen appealed it. I can understand why, but I never thought that would get overturned because it wasn't for me a clear and obvious error, which is what it's there for. But I, I do kind of agree with Josh. I think I can understand why it was a red card because that follow-through, it was high. I don't think the referee was even going to book him initially. 
He didn't give a free kick at first either. No. So, oh, well, we'll see what happens. But I basically he'll only play two games the rest of the season. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. But I think, so, I mean, you know, I suspect, John, that, you know, Shani might be back to his next season, possibly. Um, his wicked contract finishes. I don't know whether he's maybe. I think it might be, but I, I would think he'll be back up the road. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back up to Aberdeen next season. He, he enjoys it at Aberdeen. He's, he's adored by the fans. You know what I mean? They probably gave him a gave him a few extra quid um, than he was on in, in his previous Aberdeen time at Aberdeen, and you know maybe see you the rest of his career at Aberdeen. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, they'll yeah. lose Duke. Oh, he's gone. Ah, uh, he he's gone. Possibly to one of the old firm. Probably Rangers. Um, Going down south if he goes uh, anywhere. To, and to, to, to be honest, John, I mean, he's he exce- an exceptionally good player, but I don't think he's good enough for Rangers. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm looking a wee bit more high calibre than Aberdeen rejects. Um, so, you know. Far better than Sakala. And more productive than Ryan is, is he better than Sakala? Yeah. So, how's he not playing for Rangers then? Was it Benfica B and then he come to us? Right, Let's go through okay. different stages of a career. Okay. Oh, he's, he's a top he's a talent up there with signs um, of the season. I had heard, not on Rangers, but I had heard through a couple of people that Joel Nubley is possibly coming to Hearts in the summer. And again, I'd be quite happy with that. He's physical, he's quick. Maybe he doesn't score a lot of goals, but I think I'd be quite happy if we got Joel Nubley. I don't know how he, much we get him for, but I'd be quite happy if we signed him. He'd be a decent sign. It would be, it'd be a decent signing. Um, and and other site non-signing related news, John. Just to see if the listeners want to put a prayer for me. Uh, there is a small stadium. We've been put into a small stadium for Norway away. Um, the Scotland fans are only getting thirteen hundred and fifty tickets. The tickets went on sale today. I am not able to purchase one until tomorrow morning at 10am. Um, so probably about eight or 900 of them are already away. This is, is to do with the points, to do with the structure yep. of, of points and whatnot in the Scotland Sports Club. So there's probably about a few hundred tickets left. And I'm one of the people that's going to be at their computer at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning trying to buy, buy uh, their away tickets. So um, thoughts and prayers... Um, send my way, please. Hopefully, set, there's up no a GoFund, set up a GoFundMe page for Josh. You'll <laughs> need a GoFundMe trip to Oslo. I, oh, I, I tell me about it, man. I'm fucking dreading it. I need a GoFundMe just to buy a few pints of beer. You put rebortage in the house and you only bought it about two months ago. <laughs> I don't know, man, honestly. You know, I mean, the thing is. Getting there wasn't that expensive and the accommodation wasn't that expensive. I think it's just got to be like the food and the drink and all that. It's going to be a, a nightmare. Uh, but we're not going for, we're only going for a few days, so be all right. You just need to not drink. Aye, that's, that's an option. <laughs> You're going to get to see Erling Haaland against Grant Hanley. You'll probably need a few drinks after that to be fair. Uh, I I think I'll I, uh, Erling Haaland versus uh, Grant Hanley I think I might need checked into Leverdale after that <laughs> Hanley will have him in his back pocket easy easy no danger right okay right cheers Josh as always thanks John
Thank you, John Boy. And uh, good having you back on, Graham. Cheers, mate. Great to be on. No worries. And uh, happy football. Thank you.